Hey everyone, Brian from All Day Rock Off here, and today's podcast episode is with Carl Antonio. I've had Carl on in the past to talk about a Veterans Day Tough event he completed. That was episode number 77, and he's back this time to talk about rucking with his son. Carl and I have a bit in common. Not only do we both enjoy rucking and ruck events, but we both are parents to a special needs child. Different children, he has his own son, I have my own son, but we have a lot in common there, and we talk about that as it relates to rucking with kids and getting out rucking with your family. I actually recorded this episode, I want to say six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, back before COVID-19 was as big as it is now in the United States. So I guess you can just keep that in mind as you listen to it. Really had a great time talking with Carl about all this. It's not every day you get to talk to someone who struggles with some of the same things that you do. So I really enjoyed it. And I hope you really enjoy this episode. You're listening to the All Day Rock Off podcast, episode number 151. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. I hope you're still staying safe. Hope you're still staying sane. Hope you've gotten to some routine that's helping you cope with everything that's going on with COVID-19. And if you want to talk, you can always reach out Brian, B-R-I-N at alldayrockoff.com. Truly appreciate the support. And here's the interview with Carl. Let me give you a little background context. I think I may have mentioned this when we first talked back in 2018, like he was diagnosed with autism when he was two, we noticed about a year in, he just stopped talking, stopped pointing, and he just started stimming, you know, like going back and forth with certain objects. Then we're like, okay, like something's up. And me and my wife have a background with working with the special needs. So we knew the quirks. We're like, okay, something is up. So he saw his, you know, doctor at his two-year visit and we, you know, mentioned the concerns and he was like, okay, let me, you know, refer you to, I believe a psychologist, you know, some kind of specialist. And so she saw him about a month or two later and she was asking all these questions and observing him and she was like, yeah, down like hundred percent autism spectrum, boom. Services, you know, soon started ABA and, and, and PT and OT and it was just, it was crazy, you know, and he wasn't talking, he wasn't playing games he wasn't interacting interacting with anyone um just in his own world um he liked structure he, he just didn't like a lot of un, unexpected stuff so that was when he was two he, he's seven now uh, so that was a while ago kind of w- with me and my wife we've always been into being outdoors that was just our thing we like being outside we don't like staying home and so we all, we've always walked the kids. We've always hiked with the kids outside because there's just a lot of mountains and trails in San Diego. Um, but I noticed with Devin, you know, as he got older, he just didn't like walking the entire trail. He used to because he, he was getting like a sensory output out of it, staring at the ground, looking at the rocks and so on. But as he got older, he just didn't like, I don't know if it's just terrain. I don't know if it's like unexpected sounds. Um, just not being in the environment that he's into, that he's used to. So you wind up, I wind up just carrying him on my shoulders to make him feel a little bit more comfortable. Because you kind of have to like strike the balance between like, you want him to be out there and experience the unexpected and have him be satiated with those things. But then you also don't want him to like force him to walk too much to where he'll have a behavior or a breakdown in the middle of nowhere. So there's that piece, right? Um, because that's what he'll do. He'll he'll get on the ground, he'll start crying, or he'll elope. He'll just dart and just run, 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 run to try to escape whatever it is he's mad about. But then there's nowhere to escape. You're just kind of in the middle of nowhere. So you really have to strike the balance of how do we give him this experience, but then making sure he's safe. So, um, you have to pick him up. You have to walk with him, you know, praise him. And then you have to pick him up, um, and allow him to be, you know, comfortable and feel safe and being able to give him that experience of being out there and, and be satiated and be used to those type of, um, unpredictable type of environments in December. Um, how this whole, 
hiking thing with him really, really picked up. And again, I've, I've always, we've always hiked every once in a while, but not this frequently um, because of those reasons. Um, in December, my oldest, after boys, Luke, he's 10 and Devin is 7. He, wa- he really wanted to go to Disneyland for his birthday. His birthday is the 19th of December. And because he's into Star Wars, he wanted to see Star Wars. He, want- he hasn't been to Disneyland for a long time. And um, one of those reasons why we haven't gone to any type of amusement parks, particularly Disneyland and um, Universal Studios, was the last time he went, it was a couple years back. Devin just was not having it. I mean, just the dark rooms, the rides, the dark rides, not so much the people, but it was like the cartoon characters. He would freak out and just any anything where it involves going, entering a ride, and most of them were kind of indoors, he would just freak. And he got to the point to where I would just basically babysit him. I would just be sitting somewhere on the bench while mom and mate went off and did their own thing. So it was like, what's the point of paying this much money to, to, to just watch him sit and just be miserable? So that was our, our, our experience with uh, first Universal Studios. We're like, okay, well, maybe it's just this park. And then we went to Disneyland. Like, nope, it's, it was even worse, right? It, it, it was like, to me, the confirmation was, I think it was the Nemo ride. It was a submarine ride. I mean, you were, you're going into a submarine, this enclosed capsule underwater right and it was dark and it was just crazy scary for him and you can tell the families around us was quiet they were you know they understood but you could tell they're just kind of like their patience was running short right like kind of like that so you know i think right when that happened after that experience like we can't we can't do amusement parks like for a while we don't know when we'll be back but we just we knew we couldn't because he just wasn't ready so now here comes December of last year, Nate wanted to go. And we didn't want to take that experience away from him just because Devin couldn't do it. You know, we, we, so me and my wife agreed, you know what, go ahead and take him, give him that experience, give him that one-on-one attention. And that's really good for kids too. And just go and I'll watch Devin. We'll figure it out. We'll do, we'll do something, you know, and we'll, we'll, I'll keep him busy. You go. And so that was, that was, that was, uh, that's what happened. So she took him, she, he had a great time and he did his thing. And at the same time, I felt, um, kind of not frustrated, but like disappointed and, um, kind of defeated, you know, like that's the thing with like autism is like, it's a gift because you learn a lot of, you learn, you learn a lot from it. You, you gain a lot of strengths because of those struggles. But I mean, reality speaking, it's a hindrance, right? Because it takes away, um, a lot of the experiences that, you know, typical people have like amusement parks and social gatherings and things like that. It just, it, that's just reality. It, it'll take away experiences that you want to pursue. So we were like, okay, so what am I going to do with them? You know, and okay, well, I'll, I like, I like to hike. I like to be out. This is what I like to do. But that's what we like to do. So I'm going to go take them out. So I went and, and, and picked, you know, a place and one of them being South Fortuna. That's one of the peaks of the five peak challenge in Santee. And I didn't initially didn't even think about the, the challenge, the five peak challenge. I just I, I just chose that. It was, you know, typically with Devin he'll last what he's good at as far as balance is about four miles. Probably not more than maybe twelve, thirteen hundred foot climb, something like that. And that's that what that fit the criteria. So I was like, Okay, well I've never been there before. It fit around the distance and the elevation that's that's comfortable for Devin. Let's just go for it. So um, the day that, you know, Nate and mom went to Disneyland, we went to go to South Fortuna Peak. Um, so we went there and super hard, never been there before, a million stairs. Nonetheless, you know, we, we did it. We, um, it was, I would say like 70, 30, I would carry him, you know, the other 30%, he would, he would walk, you know, again, you have to kind of go back and forth with, letting him walk. And then when he's, when he doesn't want to walk, you, you know, you would per- perfectly carry him, put him down, let him walk back and forth. And you'll see on the picture, South Fortuna peak there. Um, we, we did that. And, and so when we were done, I'm like, that was awesome. You know, like, you know what, it was, you know, we, 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 you know, one experience is taken away and let's, 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 let's have, let's create another, you know, experience that may be even better. 
So we did that South Fortuna, and I went, wait a minute. I know there's a five-peak challenge here. Like, what is, what's that about? So I researched it. I'm like, okay, so you have South Fortuna, then you have North Fortuna, and then you have Quay Pei next to it, and then you have Cal's Mountain, and you have Powell's Peak next to Cal's Mountain. So that's five. But you can technically do North and South Fortuna in one hike, and then you have your Quay Pei in the middle, and then you can do South, you can do Cal's Mountain and Powell's Peak in one go because they're right next to each other. There's no use to go into Powell's when you're going to pass by Cal's, right? So they're right there. So I'm like, ah. What if, what if, what if, what if we could do this five peak challenge for him? What if, what if we could do this, this, this challenge, which will allow him to one, be more used to being in the outdoors, get him used, get him used to being outside, getting used to the terrain, um, you know, kill time. <laughs> it's good for you. It's exercise. And it's good training for me. And I looked at that as a secondary. I didn't look at that as a primary. I want, the primary reason was to get him out there. So I said, okay. And I think that I may have done it the following day or shortly after um, we did Quay Pei, which is the easiest one out of all of me. It was probably two miles, but it was like, they're all at least a thousand. This must be maybe 1200 feet climb. And so we did that. We're like, okay, that's two. I'm like, okay, this is this is picking up steam, and he's doing well with it. Um, okay, and so the following, I think it was Friday or one of the, the following weekend, we did Cal's Mountain and Piles Peak, and that was probably round trip six plus miles, probably a little over two thousand feet climb. And he, he and the more we did it, the more he was getting better at it i was like okay he's walking more so that 70 30 became 60 40 50 50 you know um and so we did that he did really well took more pictures of it and then the following i think a couple days later basically we did five peaks probably within 10 days we did north fortuna which is the highest one out of all of them i believe it's rated as hard um same thing four plus miles maybe 12, 1300 feet elevation. I can't, yeah, I'm not really sure exactly how much, but we did that. And it was just, again, he was on his feet more, like he would fall, but he would get back up. And it was just like, it was super glorious to see him like thrive. Like the more we did it, the more steam, you know, we picked up doing these things. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little choked up about just thinking about it just because it was like, to me, it was like, um, it was symbolic, I guess you can say, the move. It wasn't just like, okay, I think like the more I did it, it was like, you know what, this was kind of an FU. <laughs> it was like an FU to autism too. At the same time, I mean, autism is, it's a friend and it's a foe, right? It's like you respect it, you acknowledge it, that it's there, you learn from it, but it was kind of like, you know what, like you're going to take one experience, we're going to go and do another one. That might be even better, you know, so... So when he did that, when he reached like the 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 fifth peak, it was like, "Yep, f you," you know. I'm like, "Give me a minute." Yeah, man, that's amazing. You know, especially because of your you know your initial experiences hiking with him. Yeah, you know, we have that with Mason because he's on the the fetal alcohol spectrum, and so yep. he's he's got a, there's mm-hmm. a lot of crossover there. Um, right. He's five and a half and we a couple weeks ago we went for a half mile walk and that's the the farthest mm-hmm. he's ever walked unassisted wow you know that was like it was amazing because we got to the end of it we went out to this road and came back and he never asked to be carried and he always asks to be carried and i just remember thinking you know this is a turn like this right this could actually turn into something this is you know like not the norm and so you know, when you're out there originally, you know, not, not with the, the five peaks, but you had mentioned that, you know, when you do these kind of things with kids, you have to be very, very cognizant of, of what they're experiencing when they're not having a good time. It's really apparent and things go south qu- quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we've dealt with that many times. Yeah. He'll, he'll dart or he'll, he'll just like fall to the ground and, and cry and you're like, okay, like. So what's, what's the plan now? Well, how are you going to act? Right. Mm-hmm. So what, what's, what's, the, yeah. And um, with your son, with Mason, is he, um, 
does he use a device to ambulate? Like, how, what's his ability like? What's his? Can he walk on his own? Does he use any braces? So like, he can he can walk on his own. He's just a lot slower than other kids his age. Gotcha. He runs out of energy yeah. a lot quicker. You know, he'll. Oh, okay. So energy. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a big energy thing. So he'll he'll go to like um, we had him in soccer practice like at the y, through the YMCA, and we were only able to go to maybe a third of them because the other two thirds he'd get out of the car and it'd be a sensory thing. Like there was something wrong in the air, you know, something's going, and it would just, everything would shut down. Yep. We'd, we'd sit yep. in the car for about 20 minutes, seeing if we could go in and we'd usually end up driving back. And, right. you know, it's tough because as an adult, you know, and as someone who does a lot of wrecking events, you know, the, the mantra is just, well, toughen up and like, we're going to, we're going to tough through this and figure it out, you know, right. carry whatever. But with, mm-hmm. with kids, you know, ex- especially kids who are on, you know, some spectrum, you mm-hmm. really want the experiences to be enjoyable and you have to be right. pay really close attention to all the signs. Yep. And so, yeah, with soccer. So even the ones that were able to go to afterwards, he would take a two, two and a half hour nap after a, you know, wow. a 40 minute soccer little scrimmage. and Wow. So it's, um, yeah, so it's a lot of the energy there. So I'm curious how you felt because you were talking about kind of the, the experiences your son had with hiking initially where, you know, a lot of darting, a lot of, you know, just having to pay really close attention. And it didn't seem like those initial hikes where you wanted to get him out into the outdoors and have a, a good experience with him were like maybe the most successful. So I'm, I'm curious after that that first hike on the five peak challenge, even before you knew that you guys were going to be doing the five peak challenge after it went so well, you know, how you felt. Yeah, it it felt good because like I said, like I knew his quirks and you know, where you have to kind of strike the balance between giving him that experience and looking for the little signs that he's getting agitated, whether it's a sound or a sight or a terrain that he doesn't like to walk on because it's not even, or it's too many rocks or it's not enough rocks. <laughs> on the ground the, the, and, and the best so, right right <laughs> there's there's not enough grass here and that turns into a whole thing there's not enough rocks here and you just like, yeah who would have ever thought that that would be the thing that turns this yeah. into an hour-long ordeal yeah and so you know i want all oh, these all these rocks i want to throw them well you can't throw them there's other hikers around you might hit them right and so you start to go let's go let's go he gets mad that you're tugging them and then, <laughs> you know, you, you really, uh, you have to go with kind of see how, how is he doing before the hike? Okay. Is he in a good mood and, and all that? And so, yeah, I mean, that's why it was like every single peak that we hit or every single hike that we finished. Um, it was like, dude, like, this is great. Like he's doing well. And I think looking back, it was, again, it was just a big, like, ha, take that autism. Like, what you got, you know, it was like that kind of like attitude for me. It's like, you're going to take away one, you know, here, here's another, right. See if you can take this, but that wasn't the end of it. So he got his, he got his, uh, his certificate and I, and I showed you that his pin. And it was actually, it was awesome because like you go into like a visitor center, like the, um, that area has a visitor center. And so you, you email them, let you show them pictures. And, but what I did was I called, and I said, hey, you know, I just want to channel my son. He's on a spectrum. He finished all five. They're like, oh, that's crazy. That's amazing. You know, if, if you want, you know, you can come by today. I'll talk to the, the boss over here. He can create the certificate for you. You can come pick it up. I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll, we're going out today. Let's, we'll, we'll swing by. And so we, we came by and she, you know, the lady, that, the volunteer that was working there. And I, I sent you that picture. She like gave a little presentation, you know, you, you finished the five feet challenge. That's amazing. And things like that. And, you know, and he, he took his picture. He was happy about it. So after that, that fight peak, it was like, okay, so what's next? Like what, what's, since this was such a triumphant thing, like what can we do next? And we did a few after that, you know, back to back weekends, you know, Friday, cause I don't work Friday. So not, no, not Friday. I'm sorry. Like Saturday and Sunday, like that we could do back to back hikes around the area and i sent you more pictures right there's a potato chip rock and you know we did eagle eagle rock um and some other ones in in the county that we did and again he was just doing well 
And we're like, okay, so while I was researching, I think I may have been looking, it may have been before or afterwards, it may have been like in the back of my mind, but there was one big hike in San Diego. Based on the reviews, it was arguably the hardest hike in San Diego. It's called El Cajon Mountain. And it's like this uh, 4,000 plus feet, 11 mile hike. And what's hard about this is it has a couple of false peaks. So you go up and you're like, oh, cool, I'm there. And it goes down. I'm not talking about just like down, like it goes down, like really far down. And it goes back up and it goes down and it gets, then you hit the peak. So there's like, basically there's three peaks. <laughs> so I'm like, huh, so I'm like itching, right? I'm like, what if, what if, what if we can do this? What if? So I'm like, okay, so we did the five peak. He did well. Um, he's adjusting, you know, he's more comfortable. So I'm not, I'm gauging this thing. So I'm gauging it. So I'm looking at the reviews. I'm on YouTube, like, cause there's people on GoPros, like having to have GoPros and they're walking on Zalcajon. I'm looking at, I'm surveying the land. <laughs> so it wasn't just like, Oh, that's 11 miles. And let's just see. No, I'm, I'm, I'm researching this, this, this thing. And so, okay. Yeah. It's, it's got some steep, some gnarly steep, you know, hills, but you know, who, who's to say we can't do it. Right. So like, okay, YouTube. All right. I looked it up. I'm like, what can I do to keep Devin <clears throat> interested and engaged? Cause again, this was 11 miles. This is going to take at least probably six hours and we're normally out maybe at the most three. How do I keep him safe? How do I keep him hydrated? How do I keep him entertained, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking about these things and from time to time. So when I carry him and general hikes, even if I peak, when he's on my shoulders, sometimes I'll let him watch videos on my phone, right? Just to keep him engaged and not um, having behaviors. I'm like, okay, so what are his favorite, you know, videos that he likes? He likes to watch these certain like videos on YouTube, like every kid does, right? These kid videos, number blocks and, you know, these videos that he likes but but when you're on alcohol mountain you don't have reception i don't think you do i don't know so i don't want to go out there and give him my phone to go on youtube and not have reception that's just a, a time ticking bomb <laughs> waiting to happen <laughs> can you imagine like there's no internet and he's just like what there's no videos boom behavior middle of nowhere talk about safety issues so i'm like okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna I'm going to do a screen recording because on Apple, you can record, you know, videos via screen recording. So I recorded his most favorite videos at the time that he's, you know, he was into at the time, maybe like good seven or eight of them that he really likes. And so we go, we go on it. Boom. You know, at the start of El Cajon Mountain, boom, it's, it's already a climb at the beginning. It's, it's, I call it the welcome party. It was like, no, we're not going to give you flat straight up almost first mile. So we do that. I'm like, okay, he's, he was, he, he walked most of it, things like that. And there's got, you know, here in their flat sections and then here, here, here you go, here comes the climb. And they give you even signs like animated signs. Here's mile one here, here you are at this progress. And there's like this cartoonish kind of guy, you know, on it, you know, and, and he's climbing. I'm like, he's doing well. Like he's on the ground more he's he's running up these hills like he's running up these hills dude like that's great you know especially on the harder ones like like this is not safe for me to carry you you you, you gotta you, you gotta climb it so and he was climbing them and so whenever he was tired i'd pick him up i'd carry him whether it was on fairly even ground whether it was on a hill i'd carry him so i'm like okay mile two doing good two and a half um, four, five. I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. Like he's doing well. And at the end, we we got to the top, and he climbed. Like the very end, the very peak, you have to almost kind of climb. There's no, I can't put him on my shoulders. I mean, you have to let him climb. The guy was climbing, man. Like I had my phone in my pocket, and he was just going. I'm like, dude, this guy is just killing it. I was like, wow. Even I was yeah, like super stunned just because it was such a long hike. And we got to the top and it was just amazing views. And the only um, other people that were at the top were just like a young couple. And they were like, wow, kid, like, yeah, you did well. And that was, I don't even know like how many kids in history of Oklahoma Mountain have done it. Just, I, I don't know. 
no, let alone, you know, special needs kids, kids on the spectrum have been up there just because it's such a difficult hike. And so obviously I took a million shots, took a million pictures, gave them a break, lots of water. And we can talk about gear too, if you want, and how I kind of tailored that. And then, um, on our way down, same thing, happy, same thing, happy go lucky, just kind of, he would walk behind me a little bit. He would be in front of me and there's certain angles of like a downhill that I, I couldn't have him on my shoulder. I would, I would have, I would be holding his hand and he would go down and let him throw the rock that he would want. Let's go. Let's go. He was completely fine. I don't know. I think out of even probably out of all the hikes, that was the most, uh, best mood he's ever been and i'm glad that was the best mood he was in out of all the hikes because it was the most important one <laughs> um um and even in the end we were running down you know my, mile 10 we were running down the, the the mountain and there's video of that he was behind me and then he was come on let's go let's go and he, he was just crushing it man like down the hill and in the end i picked him up put him on my shoulder we're done here we, here we go we're done and he was like clapping his hands and and he was fine i was like damn, we just pulled it off. It was like, to me, it was like going in the moon and coming back, you know, like Apollo 13 style, you know, like something happens and you got to make it back. And it was just like, holy crap. And we did it in another seven hours. I was like, holy crap. So, yeah. And so we, we, to me, that was probably just as successful as the five peak. I mean, it might even be more just because it was just long, 11 miles, four plus thousand feet climb. The amount of time too, right? Because I, I don't know how it is with him, but with my son, as the time gets greater, like the risk gets exponentially larger that something's going to happen and there's going to be, a, you know, an issue. And yep. so just for yep. that, that distance and that time, I mean, that's just a, a huge success. Well, the funny thing is leading up to it, I had planned to do it on a Saturday morning as soon as I got, got up in the early morning. Because as you know, it's cooler. It's a lot of temperature, a lot cooler. Um, and I think that weekend the temperatures were, were going to be in the seventies clear. So to me, at least in SoCal, you take the temperature and if it's sunny, you have to add 10 or 12 additional degrees because of the heat, because of the sun. So if it's 71 degrees temperature, you got to add another 10 because of the sun. So you're hiking really in 80 degree weather. And so when you're with kids, it's vital to us. It, it wouldn't really matter, but when you're with kids, it's huge, especially that long of a hike and that high of a climb. So. Actually, that Friday, I was off, and he he doesn't sleep well at night. He always gets up at night, and he crawls into our bed. And maybe 70% of the time, he'll go straight to sleep, and the other 30, maybe even less, he'll be up. And so that particular morning, Friday morning, he was actually, he was up a little bit. He was up, for, he was up at 3, and, and he went back to sleep maybe 4.30. And I didn't go to sleep. I don't need, I don't recall going back to sleep. So I was up at three and he went back to sleep four thirty, and he woke up probably seven thirty. and he had school. So I'm like, well, we can't, I'm not, I'm just not going to take him to school, dude. Like, it's just going to be too difficult for him to function. If you know, he didn't get good sleep at night. I'm just going to keep him. And you know what? Let's just do the damn hike today <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of tomorrow. Cause I just had him. I had him anyway. And I was off. I'm, I'm off Fridays. So I'm like, well, you know, if I get him up now, maybe we'll start at nine, be done by three. The temperature is maybe 68 plus 10, 78. Yeah, it's kind of hot. I think we can do it. So, yeah, I mean, it was game time decision, dude. Like, it was game time decision. It's like, here you go. This is free time. Not a lot of people on Fridays. You know, the, the trail, more, more trail to yourself. The, the temperature is not too bad. See, here I am gauging, right, as, as you do. You're, you're, he had... Yeah, yeah, he woke up late, but he went back to sleep, and he had pretty much, for the most part, full sleep. I necessarily didn't, but he had full sleep. Maybe he's in a good mood. <laughs> so you're thinking about all these, all these things, and we get there probably nine something, and boots on the ground by you know early nine some o'clock, I believe. Um, and so we were we were just on it. So that's how I timed it, dude. Like he he had full sleep. He had his games if he, if I need to give it to him as kind of a con contingency. If he's in a bad mood, I'll give him the games just to keep him. Again, you got to strike the balance between behavior and safety, things like that. And, and so you're just kind of feeling it out as you go. And it was just kind of executed very well, <laughs> you know, yeah. that day. So I'm glad it was it was a success. So it's funny how I'm thinking about these things and kind of engaging all these components because it matters, dude. Oh, yeah. It really it, matters. It does. I mean, 
when we when we think of what we're gonna do, you know, you're looking back like, all right, how was sleep? How was morning? You yep. know, what what happened there? Yeah, he's just trying, yeah. like always level setting, trying to figure out where things are gonna head. And, right. Uh, exactly. It's it's funny yep. to talk about it because you just do it instinctually at this point. You know, it's just what you yep, always you do. do. It by feel. Yep. Yep. You kind of just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we have kind of a quick checklist on top of your head. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, that looks good. Okay, I think good. I feel fresh. All right, let's just let's just gun it. You know, mm-hmm. let's just do it. You know, because the more I hesitate, the more I'm, I'm I may not want to do it. You know, so I was like, I'll just do it. Um. So, so we did that, dude. Like it was, it was crazy. And I'm glad that you uh, brought up the you know the phone and the games and stuff because you know going into this like going into life, <laughs> you know, getting outside and hiking. I never thought that I would be the parent who would give my kid a phone on a hike or something. I was like, if we're out, you know, you go and do it. Like if we're outside, we're outside. Like we're going to enjoy this weather. We're going to enjoy the environment. We're going to enjoy this experience. But then yeah. you end up with a a child on the spectrum and mm-hmm. you, you realize that without some of these things, you know, they're going to have zero enjoyment out of this experience. Right. And not only is it going to yeah. be zero enjoyment, but it's going to be like so far in the negative that right. they're never going to want to do it again. And so I find myself, exactly. you know, now trying to, to weigh like, how, you know, what do we need to bring? And, you know, I'm, I don't know if you have these experiences, but restaurants, you know, we, we bring a tablet to restaurants because if we don't, I mean, we can't do restaurants, something, something will happen and right. you are not going to be able to level set back. and. I I just it's funny talking about it because I remember when I was younger before I had kids seeing parents with kids at restaurants and they had tablets and I was kind of judged but now that yeah I'm in, uh, why in, they have those? I yeah. know right like like your kid can't just sit through a, a meal but you know now that I'm in that yeah. boat like I I absolutely see the other side of it and yeah. without the tools you know then the the kids would be missing out on some of those experiences or at least an enjoyable side of those experiences. No, I, I was with you, you know, like, like what you're saying, like how we view like nature, it's like, oh, we get to be out here. It's peaceful. It's away from work and all the hustle and, and all that. It's peaceful. But kids or people on the spectrum don't look at it that way. That may be an abstract concept to them of just being out there and smelling the air and looking at the trees and plants. It's not like that. Their their minds are very occupied with things that they're interested in that are constantly on repeat. So, you know, they can enjoy here and there, like he likes the rocks and he likes throwing them in water. That's the nature piece, right? Which he likes, but that's also a sensory piece that keeps his brain going. So a lot of times if he's just walking, he may look at it as I'm just walking. There's nothing exciting. Um, again, that's, that may be how he feels and then he gets bored. So that's when you have to go, okay, what are the other um, tools that I have to keep him a little bit busy to keep him maintained, keep him baseline. So that way we could, give him that that opportunity to be out here and enjoy it and he, perhaps he might get something you know from it um, without having a breakdown so yeah same thing with you like same thing with me like what you know when i before i had kids same thing like why do i have those tablets and that's all they you know these kids aren't engaged well you don't know their story you don't know who they are you don't know what they have gone through um and that's the same thing with with with, with devin like when we're out you know let's say we're eating out um you know, he's, he's getting restless and, you know, I wait for him to be calm and then I give him the, the phone after he requests for it um, and then let him have it and he's calm, right? I don't give, I never give it to him after, oh, you're crying, here you go. Then then, then he'll think, oh, I just have to cry in order, you know, in order for me to get a phone. No, I, I just, I wait him out, um, calm him down and then give it to him. And, you know, good job for calming down, here you go. How do you ask for it? So, yeah, totally with you. I mean, you need tools because there are certain situations that require it, especially for people or kids in the spectrum. It's just, it's just, it's just easier and, and you can maintain better with it, you know? So yeah, totally. I'm with you on that. It's funny the things that you learn and how it, uh, how it, <laughs> how it changes the uh, ideas you had before. We're, we're different, bro. We're, we're different. Special needs parents are weird. They're, they're just, they're like that. You know, they're just, I'm not, not to saying that we're like, um, like better, not at all. Like we're just, we just, we have, we have the inklings that we picked up 
from experience that we just know certain vibes and tools that kind of work and you just know how to respond right then and there. So, but you know, parenting is hard dude. And this is, you know, talking on behalf of being a parent, not just as a special needs GRT parents, right? We all know the struggle. We, 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 we have our own ways of, um, maintaining and, and keeping kids happy and safe and, and calm. And we all have those tools and this just happens to be mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of tools, you know, speaking of gear, I'd love to to dive into some of the gear that, you know, you make sure yeah. you bring when you're getting out there. So you want to walk through mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, the, the five peaks, those are mainly like the four to six mile range. So what I look at is, how long is the hike as far as the mileage and the elevation and the, the time to do it? Because that kind of determines um, the amount of food and hydration you're going to have, right? It's different if you do four miles flat versus four miles, 1,200 feet climb. You, you, your heart rate's going to be more. You're going to be more tired. You're going you're to hydrate more. So, um, so the five peak, you know, I carried probably just a typical bladder for me and for him. I, I do like a 32 liter hydro flask and then a couple of maybe two Capri Suns. And then for food, one, this is probably not a podcast, but he's very picky with food. So he does a lot of finger food. So just a lot of snacks, man, like, you know, the goldfish and, and um, the Doritos and a couple of fruit loops and, and fruit snacks, things like that. But I, I'm more so, what's more important is the, the, the liquids for me. Um, and then the other one is, in SoCal, it's, it's, you're dealing with temperature and sun, right? So there's always, almost always a windbreaker for each of us that we keep. Um, so for him, he has one and I have one. And then I almost always do a long, like a thin long sleeve looking long sleeve for him and, and myself because of the sun and a hat and typical, like, um, just your normal pants, like thin pants. I got from Target. They look like cool pants. Like they're pretty nicely like, design they look like cool pants but they're pretty thin they're not like jeans so i have that because again he's running around there you know his legs will get scraped so it's always pants and it's always like a long sleeve wicking tee and a hat like a tack hat with a patch and then again um water and then a couple caprices and then the finger foods and then a bladder for me and then maybe just one snack for me because i mean you, you really don't need to eat all that much for those kind of hikes and then what I like is just my speed wrecker, just because that works well for me for whatever reason. Like, check this out. So as you know, the speed wrecker is it's 15 liters, but it's shallower. It's shallower than the typical 20 liter rucker. Top, like bo- top to bottom, they're the same dimension, but like depth wise, the speed wrecker is not as deep. So for whatever reason, when I carry him just maybe because it's shallow and maybe because it's 500d it's it, it just it kind of molds to me it's not as stiff when i carry him it just it feels good bro like it just feels good like it just man this just feels right <laughs> especially when you're when you're climbing and you're out there for a couple hours it'll it'll eat at you if you're not comfortable ish with the ruck on in him because you're carrying him and so yeah so with, with check this out like with my bladder his hydro flask with um diapers and wipes and the snacks. So the diapers and wipes and the snacks are in one of those. I have those shadow pockets. You know what those are, right? The shadow pockets. Oh yeah. Then 500D. I love those things. I don't know why Gorak doesn't make them just because they can make a killing if they produce those again. I have, I have the large and extra large. So those fit absolutely perfectly in my speed worker. Not more or less. Kid, I'm not kidding. Like the bladder, the hydro flask, I lay down on the bottom, like horizontally. And then, and then I have the, the two shadow pockets, diapers and wipes and the snacks and liquids. And then the, the windbreaker, I have like a really thin one and then he has a thin one. So I just fold that up and it just works perfectly. And so, yeah, so if I'm hiking with him, I just, I hydrate to the, to the, the port, obviously. And then when I, when he wants to drink, I'll put him down and I'll swing my rucker over and I have the zipper pulls on the bottom corner and the hydro flask is just right there. So I just kind of like pull it out a little bit and I have that, um, the straw lid and boom, he's just drinking out of that, close it back up, zip it, and then, and then restrap your ruck and then you're, you're off to go. So that's kind of as far as efficiency goes, that's how I was able to maintain that. 
So it worked really well, man. And but it's a little bit different with with El Cajon because that again that was eleven miles, four thousand feet. Um, if I could remember, I think oh, so how I did me was I think usually I just do two liters of water, maybe even sometimes just a liter and a half, because again it's not that long. I think I did three for that, but with tailwind in it, with the electrolytes, because I, I I gotta be <laughs> I gotta be upright, right? Because I'm I'm carrying him. I'm the one bringing him to this kind of unknown hike, I have to be good to go. So I added electrolytes for me, and then I may have added an extra couple of caprices for him and, and more snacks. So that way when we're up there, I'm feeding him. And I think I'm even giving him snacks while I'm either carrying him or walking him. Like if you see the pictures, he's holding like goldfish or whatever, or, you know, holding a caprice, I think. So again, you have to time those well. That's six hours. You have to probably, after about an hour, an hour and a half, you got to give them a snack. And maybe, maybe 15, 20 minutes, you got to get them to drink, right? So those things you have to take account on top of everything else. <laughs> they all come into play. That's how you become successful at doing these hikes. <laughs> yeah, it's not like when you're out there, you know, rucking with friends and if they forget something, you just kind of point and laugh at them and then share a little bit. It's right. a, it's a whole, yep. it's a whole different <laughs> level of planning. I mean, for, for any kids, yeah. but then kind of, especially for, for kids who have sensory issues and, yep. and some of these other yeah. things, because I know when I don't bring the proper snacks, you know, the right snacks for the right occasion that yep. can turn into a 30 minute ordeal. Yep. Uh, so. We've been through those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just the right amount of food, the right amount of gear, right amount of water. Um, so typically, like you know, shorter trail hikes, you know, I may bring my, you know, twenty pound plate with it, or maybe fifteen. But like long ones, I may bring a ten or a five. It de- it depends, you know, what, what with how much you can bring. Because again, you're already carrying him on top of what you have, and you're going up. So you got to think about safety issues and. You know, can you make it through this thing? Can you do it without getting injured? Because if you get injured, he can't go up to people and say, we need help. He's nonverbal. He doesn't know what danger is. He doesn't know how to seek help. So you have to tie into those safety issues. You have to take those into account. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's been good, man. Like, he's, he's just walking more. Like, he's more comfortable. He knows what to expect. Like, when we, like, when I start packing, for a hike, you know, because I'll lay out my, my stuff on the table. He already knows where we're going. If I'm dressing, he has kind of like the same kind of outfit, if you will, when we dress up. So he knows. So like, for instance, if we go downstairs, he's dressed. Um, he's going to start looking for his hat, his tack hat. So, you know, because that's why he knows, you know, he's, you know, he knows what he knows what to expect. He knows where we're going and, and, and stuff like that. So it's nice. And, and even then, like, um, even then, like my, my oldest, he used to like to hike with us and you'll obviously on my Instagram page, you'll see like we do a lot of family stuff, but there was a point in time where the last maybe seven, eight months, he just didn't want to go out, man. Like that's how kids are, right? They're, they're kind of episodic where they'll be into certain things at one point and if they don't want to do it and they go back into doing it. Um, and that's why it was just me and Devin a lot of the time because they didn't want to do it. And, and I'll push him here and there, but I, I'm, the, I'm the type to where it's like, let him find his way. Because I don't want him to not enjoy it because I'm forcing him to where it becomes a bad memory. Um, so it was just me and Devin a lot. And what's cool about it now is after that five peak, it, it inspired him to do it as well. So he wants to do the five peak actually starting Sunday, bro. We're, gonna, we're going out Sunday. We're going to hit, I think we're going to hit Cal's Mountain Piles that to you know sunday and then the following saturday we're going to head north and south fortuna to finish off because he's already done quay pay he did that a couple i think it was in december because you know it's, it's a short hike fairly easy um so so yeah he's gonna he's gonna knock out these challenges in the next uh week or so so which is nice you know and he was inspired if his younger <laughs> brother can do it you know i love that that's what i'm saying that sibling rivalry a little yeah, bit a little there. bit mm-hmm a little bit, yeah. And, and and I've asked him too, like, hey, you want to do it? No, I don't really feel like it. And and, and I'm in Pathfinder, right? So my group is a G51. So, you know, props to Melody, my course advisor, Matt, and Andrew, and those guys, Eddie. 
they they sent Melanie sent me a letter, you know, congratulating on on Bevan's accomplishment, and she sent uh, an honorary G fifty one patch, and has got the Pathfinder spear on it, you know, for Devin. You know, and she also wrote a letter to Nate. Hey, you know, we would like for you to finish it, and if you do finish it, here's your patch that your dad will give to you when you finish it. Isn't that, is that cool to do that? Like G fifty one man Pathfinder. I couldn't believe they did that. It was a really nice gesture. So, because I share my my photos to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. So, yeah, we're awesome to do. So yeah, so he's gonna knock that out like the next week or two, and so I'll, I'll definitely share that on my my page and my story of his his climb. So. It's been good, man. I, and I think that's why. And, uh, I think that's why I think perhaps this this podcast was was ideal. I would say because a lot of GRTs are parents, um, and perhaps you know there are some that, that have kids on the spectrum that could understand this. That you know that you and I go through and experience, and a lot of the the challenges that we go through. But definitely, I think being a GRT and going through events really helped me to get him to do these things, right? The, it definitely gave me the ability to do it, but I think it's also the mental aspects of how far can you go? How far do you want to go? And it's, it's, you can go farther than you think, you know? And again, it's because of the lessons that we've learned through doing these events that I think really helped um, propel, you know, Devin into really doing these challenges successfully. Absolutely. And I just have to say that, I mean, even just our talk now is inspiring to me because Mason's five years old and I think of some of the hikes that I would love to do with him, but always kind of put them in, you know, the unobtainable category. There's no way that we could go out and do this six mile hike up this hill, you know, this fairly substantial hill out here in Washington state. Uh, But, you know, hearing your story now, I'm thinking, you know, why, why not try it? You know, plan it like we plan our normal events where we just get, you know, the right amount of food, the right food, the right amount of stuff to drink and just give it a shot. See what happens. Yeah. And yeah, you'll never know. And I think that's why, like, as you go through along the way, you start perhaps getting that idea, right? Because again, when I did South Fortuna, the, the first peak, like, I did not even plan doing five. I, I, I we, we did that peak out of feeling a little defeated because we didn't get to go and experience Disneyland. And I did it to um, get him out there. I did it to get him to be more satiated. And again, through those hikes as I went on, I said, well, maybe we could do the five peak. And after doing the five peak, well, maybe we could do the hardest hike in San Diego. But what, what got me is like, what if? That's, that's always like anything that I do, like, what if you could do it? What if you, you can, what if you actually train for it and, and plan for it, that you could be that guy to finish it, you know? And what if Devin was the first, who knows, the first kid on the spectrum to summit El Cajon Mountain? I don't know, but could he be maybe the one of the few to do it? Maybe that's a high probability. Um, and I have pictures to prove it, you know? <laughs> and, and so that, that's what gets me. So it's like, now that we've finished this, it's like, you know, what's next? What, what if, you know, we could go out of state? What if we could do a plane ride now? You know, cause he's never been on a plane. Cause again, spectrum, right. Um, enclosed. Um, but now we're touring with that idea. And that's also why we explored so much in our area because we can't fly to other areas to explore. We, we can't go on vacation like normal families do fly somewhere. Like, we got to drive. So that's, the, the next thing, it's like, what's out there more, you know, we could do. And what just an amazing sense of freedom to come from, you know, a far less than ideal situation, right? You can't go to Disneyland and, you know, you're kind of brewing on that. And then you just kind of flip it and turn it into this, what ended up being an incredible adventure, you know, over time and this whole planning additional trips and just kind of, you know, thinking what's next. I mean, what a, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? I mean, like, who knows? Like maybe even what if we can go to Disneyland now, right? I mean, we're not going to go through the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> not anytime soon, right? <laughs> I just heard the news like the other day. I'm like, damn, this shutting down the whole world. But anyway, that's another story. But, um, you know, what if, what if his tolerance level is 
gotten so well, perhaps through these hikes, that he could do that. Because he can do SeaWorld. He could do Legoland. Um, so, you know, the thing the thing that gets him is the characters. You know, Disneyland is just kind of like big eyes and, you know, they're animated. So, but what, what, what if he's changed a little bit that we could? See the what if? See, see how that gets me? Um, you know, that, that might be something that, that will pop up maybe spring break that we'll go, we're kind of thinking about it. We'll keep thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that to me, like after the five peak, that was to reflect on it again, that was like a big F you to autism again, friend and foe. I respect it. We live with it. No problem. We, we, we work around it, work with it, but at the same time, it's a hindrance. And that was a big F you to it and saying, man, you, you, you're going to take something, you know, we're going to come back, you know, something, something bigger. <clears throat> then I'm getting choked up about it. <laughs> getting choked up about it again. I'm going to stop talking about that. But yeah, it was just basically, it was just, man, like big F you, dude. You're going to take some away. I'm going to add, I'm going to come back for something bigger. So that's what we did. That's what you did, man. I'm, I love it. This is really inspiring to me, honestly. I think with I think this podcast though I think it's good just because one you know GRT parents they're out there obviously we all we have a lot of kids we have kids on spectrum and even even if they're not you know it's a challenge in general and you being doing these podcasts you, you and I have an understanding a deeper understanding because we're special needs parents and every time like I run into special needs parents which is very very seldom. We we will look at each other and just like we understand the story, like we know the struggles. There's just that instant like connection, like oh I know I know I know bro I got I know it completely understand I know it, you know. So so that's why you know you're talking about like your your son and all these components and timing and his lack of energy and having to maneuver things around it, but then giving him enough experiences. Totally understand it. And, and I'm hoping that perhaps <clears throat> your story or my story would, you know, resonate within the GRT community of perhaps, hey, it's okay to, to feel, you know, like remorse or defeated, but don't feel defeated too long. <clears throat> but, you know, don't stop improving. You know, don't stop, you know, going out there and giving him them the life that they deserve. Dude, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Don't let it control you and everything you do. And I mean, just, you know, talking with you, I feel like sometimes I let it because it's easier, right? It's easier not to take them on like a big hike. Like that's, that's, that's the easy solution a hundred percent because of the mm-hmm. level of planning you have to go through because of the, you know, absolute unknown more so than a neurotypical kid. Yep, and that's actually it's funny. I have a funny story when you say you know it's it's easier to like to not go out there because you don't want to deal with like behaviors. Like I often wonder sometimes too when we're out there, you know, we see people, we see kids, and middle of nowhere. I often wonder. Hey, I've never seen a special needs kids out here. At least initially, visually, right? Who, who knows? They, you, you might have walked past a kid that, that may have it, but at least initially, like behaviorally, I've never seen a kid out there. It's just always just Devin. And funny story, when we were leaving um, Eagle Rock, there was like these bunch of horses that were going along the trail towards us, and we were going back. And a line of horses, dude, like 30 of them. And so we're, we, we walk past them and, hey, you know, how, how you doing? This is cool. What a treat. You know, horses. We, there's not a lot of horses in our area. And I, there was a guy that was jokingly said to me as he was going by, hey, man, that's cheating. You, you need to get off. He was saying it to Devin. You need, you need to get off the shoulders and you need to walk. And the following behind him was a lady was kind of like, yeah, he needs to get up, you know, like jokingly. And I, my first response was, you know, he's autistic. He can't walk the whole thing. And as soon as I said that, it shut her up. She's like, oh, you know, but, but really, you know, what I, what I really wanted to say was, you're, you're the one on the horse. You, you, you need to walk. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you're the one on the horse. What are you talking about, lady? Like, you don't have a right to say that, you know. 
with a couple of cuss words that, that I'm not going to say, right? So, but the thing is, no one, no one understands fully that, who knows, perhaps the kid on their dad's shoulder is, they're not on the shoulder just because they don't want to. It's perhaps there, there's some kind of disability that, that disables them from walking the entire thing. That that's the reason why that kid's on the shoulder. And it, it may not be apparent, right? So, so, so yeah. And, and, and I, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's, I have, if I have to put them on my shoulder, shoot the entire time, so be it. Because the point is you have to get them out there to experience it. And, and, and the more you do it, the more you chip away the discomfort, the unpredictability within them. Right, because they're out there. They're they're seeking the sensory of what's around them, the smell, the plants, the people, everything. So, so yeah, that that was just a funny story that I had, just because it was like <laughs> she didn't she didn't understand, and I wanted to to, to, to do a, a spiteful joke back. But I, you know, I took the high I took the high ground on that. One. It's it's tough because you you know that they said it out of kind of like a a joking place where they just kind of wanted yeah. to you know interact and you know basically say you know hey fellow person out here enjoying the weather like make a joke but for mm-hmm. someone like you for someone you know like me who lives in this space day to day to day 24/7 and you're yeah <laughs> and you're just so man i mean cuz some you know you stuff like that like i was just imagining myself there and i know exactly how that would hit me i would you know that that yeah. initial feeling is just like, like you don't know, right. man, you, you don't, right. you don't know what it took to just get out here with him on my yeah. shoulders. Like this yeah. is the, a win. And the thing is he's seven and he's tall. So he's a bigger kid. And so I get it. If it's like a three-year-old or four-year-old on the shoulder, that looks a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, normal, but you know, seven-year-old on, 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 on my shoulders is a little bit odd looking. But again, I'm willing to go that far to where, you know, that patch, I will carry you. It's got that girl experience. <laughs> I should get that. It was, that's kind of the same concept. Like I'll carry you through these experiences if I have to. So even if you get weird looks and weird statements and you end up kind of getting thick skin just because it's just, you know, it's one thing I, I've always done well, whether it's with my family or not is I never compare myself with anyone else because every life as a social worker too is I don't compare myself with anyone else because everyone has their own story to to live and experiences and it's never going to be the same as yours. And I don't do a whole rat race comparison. Oh, he has this, whatever, bro. Like do you like, I don't don't care if you make a hundred thousand dollars or you make $20,000. Like, are you happy? Okay, great. That's all that matters. So you know, when we get looks and, and, and all this, it, it doesn't matter. Like if we're out there, you know, it's a family or not, and we get looks and, you know, he's crying and having a behavior. It's, I, I, I don't care what people think or say, cause they don't know, you know? So that's, I just do me, dude. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Like I'll, I'm just, I'll get after it, you know, however way I'm going to get after it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my, my best to honor him. And that's all that matters. And that's the best way to look at it. I mean, getting out there, you know, that's for you and your son, right? That's not to make yeah, the yeah. people on the horse happy. Nope. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not out there nope. for them. This is f- something nope. for you guys to share together. And, you know, for you exactly. to, to show him your love of the outside in a way that he understands and can feel <clears throat> yep. the positive you know, experience as well. Yep. And that's why too, like I document it like a lot of my stories and on my Instagram is like one, I want to be able to look back at it. Cause he's, he's grown. As you know, I think parents look at things like, man, that's the time flies and this is not going to last long. And there's just going to come a day where I will not be able to carry him anymore. And, and perhaps these hikes will be over because let's just say he still can't tolerate the, the whole walking. And guess what? These hikes are going to be done with. And so I want to be able to remember it. Um, and also perhaps inspire others to do it, to get out there and whether you have a kid or not, go out there and, and enjoy your freedom. That was, that's already be, you know, been paid for in blood, right. By the people in the military and the people that came before us. Um, so 
that's that's why I I, I document those things because I want to be able to look back at it and go, man, those were some good times. Like, damn, I can't believe we did it, right? Like, that's crazy. And and those things go in your cookie jar. And you know, when when you do other you know difficult things, you go, well, sh- damn, I, when I, I carried Devin up that, you know, or, or we did this, and then that. It's if you can do that, you can you can do this, you know. So for sure. And it's just a, you know, a good reminder to me to take more pictures because it's one of those things, <laughs> right? Like you, you're so in the moment, you know, your head's on a swivel, you're just processing everything that comes in to make sure it's right. And then you, you don't take pictures yep. because that's yeah, like not critical for the moment success. But, you know, looking back. Even what I do with like stories and stuff like that, like Instagram stories, I'll, I'll, I'll just record it or, or, or a picture and then just save it. Don't even upload it. Don't even just record it all. And then when you're done with the hike, that's when you can post. You know, that way it's, you know, that's what, that way when you're doing the hike, all you're doing is, you know, a quick record or a quick picture and then, you're, then you keep it moving. You know, that, that's how I was able to do it. So, that's great advice. Yeah. Is there any other, any other advice, anything else that you want to say for people out there who are uh, thinking about, you know, rocking with their kids, whether neurotypical or not? Um, I would just say... Don't be too hard on yourself and don't, um, you know, things, things are hard, but I think through what we learned with Gilruck is, you know, it's, you can do more than you think. That's definitely one. And, you know, comfort is the enemy. You have to be uncomfortable, but through those discomfort come, you know, lessons and strength and inspiration. And, and so you, you just don't be afraid. You know what I'm saying? Just don't be scared and just do you, man. Like don't, don't, don't compare, don't compare your kid with another kid and you know you're you and your kid are like unique in your own way and you have to embrace that um so yeah that, that would be it just, just don't be scared just just keep doing you live your life <laughs> regardless of what people say or think um you're probably not going to see them again if they're a passerby right it doesn't matter um and just enjoy your freedoms that you have that's already been paid for um, and just just live your life actively, just, just because that's to me that's why I, I I keep doing what I'm doing, just because it's like you have to be you have to be healthy, and you have to be active because you you're probably gonna take care of Mason maybe the rest of your life, right? And I gotta take care of them the rest of my life. Um, so you have to be ready. You have to be um, armed at all at all times mentally, physically. So you have, and in order to do that, you just have to keep hammering. You just have to keep hammering. Like you can't stop. So and that's why I keep doing it. So that, that would be my advice. Don't, don't be scared. Freaking drop that hammer. You know, don't compare yourself to anyone else and enjoy your freedoms and then do it to honor them. You know, your kids, that would be it. I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll cut the episode right there. That's perfect. And I just got to say, you know, like comparing your kid to other kids when Mason finished that half mile walk, like he might as well have run a marathon to me. I was like, I was just <laughs> exactly. so proud. That was like the, I couldn't even the, the, believe the little, it. The little battles that you win, right? Yeah. Just the, those little, who like, knows that like that half mile, that half mile, you know, might turn into a, a, a three quarter mile or a mile later. And who knows he might be running, you know, like, yeah. For, Forrest Gump style, right? <laughs> you know, he got braces on the legs, and next thing you know, <laughs> he's, oh he's a runner. <laughs> gosh, yeah, next thing you know, I won't be able to catch up to him. <laughs> uh, oh. you know, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, we, 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 enjoy, we enjoy the little, um, we enjoy the little battles that, 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 they, that they win. Thank you so much for downloading the All Day Rock Off podcast. This has been episode number 151 with Carl Antonio. Carl, thank you so much again for being on to talk about this. I know it was very personal, but man, I'm just so excited for you and your son having completed that Five Peaks challenge. That's really, really cool. And I was on the Five Peaks website, kind of writing the show notes for this episode. So this was, again, I think seven weeks after we talked six or seven weeks and it sounds like there's only 500 of those certificates left it seems like they ordered 15,000 that's how many they're limiting to and I think 14,500 are already claimed 
the visitor center is closed during this COVID-19 pandemic. But if the five weeks challenge is something you're interested in, put on your list of things to do once everything opens up again. Carl, again, thank you so much for being on, sharing your story. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon, man. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to help support the All Day Rock Off podcast, you can always leave a review, Apple Podcasts or Facebook. Just search for All Day Rock Off. If you want to support the podcast financially, All Day Rock Off online store, alldayrockoff.com slash store or patreon.com slash alldayrockoff. Another way to support and that's truly appreciated. It's all truly appreciated. Just want you to know that. Thank you again for downloading this episode. And as always, don't forget, attitude is everything. Keep yours positive. And thank you again for tuning in.